Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends to hear about their career journeys, how they got to where they are, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Career Services Assistant Director Travis Klein. And I'm Hannah Christian, the Director of Career Services here at Northwest. And today's guest on our show is... Hi, I'm Olivia Parker. Um, I am an English ed major and a career ambassador here at Career Services. Welcome. Welcome, Olivia. All right. So first off, we would love to know what year are you and how did you come to be at Northwest? I am currently a freshman here at Northwest, and I pretty much heard about Northwest just because I grew up around uh, Maryville, so I was aware of the school, and I kind of just wanted to go somewhere close to home. So, Did you consider other options? I mean, did you look at other schools? I mean, at one point, I was actually pretty curious about a Japanese university, but I kind of felt like I had a reality check, and I was like, well, you know... That's a long ways away. (laughs) It is a very long ways away, yes. And I was like, well, you know, maybe a little closer to home. Think small first and then grow. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty far. (laughs) That's what study abroad's for, too. You can always explore that later on. So, Oh, yeah, definitely. Did you know what you wanted to major in when you came to Northwest? At first, I wanted to be an art major because I enjoyed doing art. But after, I'd say, fall semester, I was like, well... I don't know if I want to, I want to like draw for other people. I figured out I kind of wanted to draw for me. And after I helped one of my international friends with his English homework, and I was like, well, I kind of enjoy this. I like writing books. So I was like, mm, English teacher, that sounds like fun. So I'll give that a whirl. And I'm really enjoying it so far. It's been really fun. What is your favorite class this semester? Ooh, <laughs> that's a toughie. Um, I want to say it's like my academic literacies class because it's challenging and the teacher, he is laid back, but he really pushes you to do the best that you can. Not that my other classes aren't doing that. It's just that particular class, it really feels like I'm being pushed in my writing and that kind of criteria. So is writing what you want to do? You mentioned writing books. Is that the goal when you graduate? Or <laughs> This may seem far-fetched. I, I tell everybody this. That's a far-fetched goal. But right now I'm learning Korean. I would love to be an English teacher in Korea if possible. But I also like, I do like writing books on the side. I write on an app called Wattpad. It's my, so actual people can read the stuff I write. So that's fun. I don't think it's a far-fetched goal at all. I think that's a that's an amazing uh, and actually very realistic goal. I know a lot of people who have gone on to teach English there. Mm-hmm. Some what? of them stayed even. I know folks that went to teach and were planning to stay for a year, and then they, they stayed and never did come back. So yeah, that's definitely doable. And we've had folks on the podcast before who, who write books that are in part of the Northwest community. So that's certainly a possible thing that can be done for sure. Interesting. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. What has been, so we're kind of talking through, right? You've been at Northwest now for one and a half semesters, right? Mm -hmm. What has been the most surprising thing to you about coming to college? Something that maybe you didn't expect? There's a lot (laughs) to list. I'd say just kind of how friendly people are. Like, my, all of my friends, they're all international friends, literally from around the world. They are the most welcoming people I've ever met. And they're really, really nice. And the teachers are, I was surprised how willing they were to help you. Like, honestly, like, 
I was like, well, yeah, they're going to help me, but probably not like talk face to face, but they do talk face to face. At least my teachers do. That's a good surprise. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, my high school, they always helped, but like, I feel like college, it hits a little differently when they help you one-on-one just because there's thousands of students that they have to keep track of and grades. It can be overwhelming for the teachers for sure. I think sometimes students are surprised how few stu- other students ask for help of their faculty. Like they are willing to help, but if you don't ask yeah. for it, they don't just offer it. So yeah, it's like, if you don't ask, you don't, you don't get it. You don't receive. <laughs> Absolutely. You don't receive. You, it's your part too. You have to ask questions too. It's not just all on them. I, I try to make sure I ask questions. What about living on campus? What has surprised you about that? Really, it's like the community of each building. They all have their own little community and like their own little atmosphere, I guess. I used to live in HP till September and fall semester. HP, like it's great for people who like living there. For me personally, it wasn't my vibe. And I had been visiting Dietrich a lot because of my international friends and I liked the community there. It seemed more my style. So I ended up moving to Dietrich and I love living there. It's like awesome. That's, that's good to know. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You're also a career ambassador and you found that job pretty early in your college career. Can you tell us how, how you found the career <laughs> ambassador job and kind of the journey to become one? I found out, honestly, through my parents and Heather. I talked to Heather beforehand just because I was curious and I couldn't find anything on like the Northwest uh, Student Employment website. So I talked to Hannah and she told me about it. So I was like, yeah, I'll give that a shot. I'll try to apply and luck was nice to me. And now I have a awesome job with awesome people. So were you nervous for the interview process? I was more so nervous about the group interview process, just because I didn't know how everybody, I think it's because of like all the emotions in the room. There were so many people with different emotions and I'm an emotional person. And I kind of sense other people's emotions. So I was like, oh, they're nervous. Should I be nervous? And but the one where I was by myself, I was totally chill. I mean, I was a little nervous, but not enough to make me shiver my timbers. And I think that's what we, we what we look for. That group interview is supposed to be awkward for everybody. So, you know, we like to see what what you're like when things are a little awkward. And then the individual one, we just kind of want to get to know you. So between the two, we liked what we saw. And that's why you became a career ambassador. So yes, I did well. <laughs> yes. So talk to us a little bit about what you do here. What does it mean to be a career ambassador? What things do you enjoy about it? What are you learning? So for me, being a career ambassador is just helping people find jobs and help them improve with their resumes. Because if you think about it, resumes are a big part of your adult life if you're looking for a job. And a really good resume is really good for like employers. It gives them a really good first glance. What I do here, pretty much, I look over potential jobs, making sure they're not scams because no one likes that. That's just rude. Um, and there's a lot of those out there, unfortunately. <laughs> so many. I've come across so many. Like, I remember this one. I'm never going to forget this one. I was looking over. He just copy and pasted a random set of information. Just copy and pasted. Didn't specific, didn't give me like a URL to click on so I could see what the job was like. Didn't give me a salary. He just copy pasted everything. And it was obvious. And I'm like, dude. No, <laughs> this no, no, not happening. I work at Career Closet. That's pretty. That's pretty chill. I like organizing clothes and like helping people find stuff. I also help students in person or uh, via email for, like I said earlier, checking resumes and critiquing them. 
I think there was one odd one that I came across where they had all kinds of like funky font and their um, bulletin points were like, one was a clear circle, one was like a, like a dash and one was just like a normal circle. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. just calm down. Just, we need to <laughs> calm down. <laughs> it's the artist in you coming out. That's a good, those yes. are good instincts. Yes. Because <laughs> like, I the way I explain it to people whenever I I critique them and they have different like bullet points or like all their information is like on one side and um, basically they'll have all their information on one side leaving the left the right side completely blank and I'll tell them I'll be like hey if you move your dates and your GPA over to the right side it will balance the paper out so it doesn't feel one sided and that way all your information isn't squished together because I mean. You can have your information close together, but if you have it squished like that, it's really hard to read and you really have to like focus. And I don't know if like many employers would take the time to do that. I feel like they would just want to concise to the point and easy to read. So I kind of, yeah, I kind of just explain it like that. I'm like, if you balance it out, it looks more balanced. It looks fresh. It's easier to read and it'll please the future employer probably a lot more. Have you got to the point we find career ambassadors very quickly among their friends and their peers, they become like the person to come to, to ask about resumes and cover letters. And they do a lot of kind of working when they're not at work, helping their friends. Has that happened yet? Um, Yeah, with Ruby. Um, I come to her before I had my resume review. I'm like, help me, help me, please. Because <laughs> I mean, I had that resume since high school. We had a specific class for that kind of resume. Because my business education teacher, she was explaining it. She's like, resumes are important. And I'm glad we took that class. I'm so glad now. <laughs> Back then, I was kind of like, that's kind of boring. And But, you know, it's, you definitely, it's important. So, Rebe has helped me a lot. She went through it. And I had um, Didi go over it. And actually, Didi helped me with like a cover letter-like thing for an RA interview I did. She helped me a lot with that because I'm not great at writing cover letters yet. I'm still learning how to do that. Nobody's great at writing cover letters. It takes some practice. Yeah. <laughs> and even those of us who write cover letters, because that's what we do, like it's always easier to write a cover letter for someone else. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the same with resumes. Honestly, I'm like, oh yeah, this, this. And then it comes to mind. I'm like, help me, please. <laughs> so we talk, we've talked to a lot of international students, a lot of students who've come from far away. How does it feel to be a student who's kind of lived in the area and lived in Nottoway County, but now you're not living outside, but you're actually like on campus? It's kind of odd. Like at first it was really odd. It didn't feel normal just because like at my house, I lived in the country. I don't really live in like town or anything. So it was kind of like odd to be hear all these like cars go by constantly. I mean, I live on a highway, but it's not the same as cars constantly going by the occasional shouting or two from students. But did you ever have any fire alarms or fire that went off in the night? (laughs) Funny you should say that. (laughs) Um, Dietrich um, this year so many fire alarms there was one i'm i kid you not i woke up at 5 30 in the morning because someone pulled the fire alarm and i had class at 10 later that day was it nine it was one of the two but i was like N- no <laughs> it's yeah. sleepy time people forget i think that's one thing that i think is hilarious people forget that like 
They want to blame college students all the time for being irresponsible, but when you basically live in a hostel where people are constantly pulling the fire alarms, like it's not like you're going home to your yeah. safe, secure cave every night yeah. and sleeping a full 12 hours or whatever. Yeah. And it's, yeah, even then, like my friend group, we never really sleep at a normal time, quotation marks. Like we usually go to bed at like one or two in the morning. Just because, like, we'll all come together, we'll work on homework, or we'll just talk and chill. Like, my friend group, we're really, really chill. Like, all my international friends are really chill. Like, it's kind of funny because they'll ask me to explain some things in English. If this is off topic, I am sorry. <laughs> You're good. Yep. There um, is no topic. You're the topic. So follow, I'm the topic. <laughs> follow <laughs> your muse. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> you give me power. The, that's the, the dirty secret of our podcast. Yep. <laughs> um, But... They ask me for help. Explain things in English. Yeah. Mm Yeah. I they ask help for English. I had one person, um, he's from I think South India or yeah, he's from South India. He's not from Nepal. And he was asking me, I said, Hey guys, and he was like, Is that you know, he just asked me to define what it was. I'm like, Well, guys can if you say hey guys, it can mean like everybody in the room, or if it's like if I'm just in a room full of guys, like actual boys, then yeah, that's you know, that's how you greet them. But when I say, hey, guys, I'm like, generally, it's like, hey, everybody. He's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. But they'll ask me, like, to define certain things or, like, explain how American football works. I am not a sports person. <laughs> so I was like, I don't I don't know what's happening any other any more than you guys do. And I get this every time. But you're American. You should know you're from America. And I looked at him and I'm like, that doesn't mean I know anything about football, sir. <laughs> It's just a funny little stereotype, I think. It's just, it's so funny. Well, I would imagine, you know, I grew up in a town very similar to the to the one you did. I'm from Maitland, which is about 300 people. Very small town. Everyone in my class, we were basically together from kindergarten to graduation of high school. We all looked the same. We all had very similar backgrounds. Most of us were related, honestly. I was always oh. afraid to date people from my high school because I'd oh, find geez. out they were a cousin or something <laughs> later. So it's a very, you know, very, very small homogenous place and then you come to northwest and like you say you have friends you know i had friends from japan and friends from china and you know people that i had classes with that were from totally different things and it was that was one of the best parts for me was i'm finally around people that are different they don't yeah. you know, we don't all have the same experiences in life so far so that's really cool so my class in high school it was around 26 25 people which is small considering what a lot of students here come from and like my class we're troublemakers, honestly. They just that's just how it is in small towns, I guess. And just meeting my international friends from like Nepal, South India, Japan, South Korea, Serbia, and I know there's another place, but I can't remember my its its name, <laughs> which sounds horrible, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But so how did you meet these people? Right? So what was the process and how did you find this friend group? I actually met them through East Asia Organization, which is basically a club. I met them, I met the club at, I think it's organization, fair, uh, club organization day or something like that. Oh, I can't, fair. Yeah. yeah, that. And I met them and they pretty much what I saw was what I wanted and I was interested in because I'm deeply interested in Asia culture. And like I said, I'm trying to learn the Korean cult, Korean language so I can hopefully teach there. And I went to the meeting and I started talking to one of my Japanese friends, Kota, and little by little, all everybody came over and was like, I heard anime, I heard K-pop, what do you listen to? And 
we all just started talking and eventually I just hung out with them and we started having fun and stuff. So how long have you been interested in Asian culture? Since high school, honestly, probably since freshman year when I learned about it. Um, I'd say when I was interested, because I was trying to learn the Japanese language around sophomore year, and then I was introduced to K-pop, and I was like, never mind, never mind, <laughs> I want to learn Korean, so, because, like, Japanese, they have three alphabets, Korean has one, that's Hangul, and uh, Japanese, they have Hiragana, Katana, and Kanji, Kanji is the hardest, Katana is, like, middle ground, and I think uh, Hiragana is, like, the easiest one, in my opinion, but... I'd have to ask my friends, but kanji is the hardest. And hangul is, it's kind of easy, but it's kind of difficult. But because it's so different from English speaking, because they place their um, verbs in opposite order of we do. Like their sentence structure is totally different, which is a little bit of a challenge. But it's so fun to listen to, honestly. (laughs) So fun fact, my oldest daughter is an eighth grader. And she is part of the group that is very into anime and they listen to Japanese music all the time. And I don't know the artists, the names of the songs, but there's a few very catchy, very, very, this music is like good music. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I've been sing, singing Japanese songs lately. I don't know what I'm saying. I, I have no idea what's going on, but it's very, very easy to listen to. So that's why I would never have expected that. But <laughs> Yeah. It's, I think the artistry music aspect of it is super different too. Like that's what I, I mean, I mostly listen to K-pop more than I do American music anymore because the artistry is fantastic. It's very catchy. I like their style a lot more than American style. <laughs> so actually that's just dawned on me that likely some of our listeners have no idea what K-pop is. Could you explain yeah. that? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> that's it's K-pop is essentially Korean pop culture. So it's basically korean hip-hop in the korean language and they have like different like groups and idols and stuff so like the idols are like part of like a big group they're separated into girl groups and boy groups basically very rarely i think if i remember correctly there are some where uh boys and girls will be in one group i think there's a band called card they're two two men two girls and they're they're a musical group but mostly they're separated so I, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> so like BTS is the one that most people know, right? So that's the big boy. Yeah, it was yes. the big boy band a couple years ago, maybe. So. They're still big, but they're all on, mil- most of them are on military leave right now. Mm. Oh yeah, because you have to serve military as yeah. well. They yeah. have to, they have to uh, have a military service, but like other popular groups like Stray Kids, they're not on military time right now, I don't think, but they're getting ready to release another album, I think. Like, there's a lot of groups. Like, BTS is the most popular one. I'm going to be honest, and this might break some people's hearts, but I don't really listen to them. Like, I listen to a few songs, but I mostly listen to, like, Stray Kids or any other band, really. But I do listen to a couple BTS songs, just not enough to know all of them. I listen to all the things and I know nothing. So <laughs> I'm in, you know, you mentioned you started in Hudson Perrin and then moved to Dietrich. And before I worked this job, I was in admissions and we had such a hard time trying to convince students to live in Dietrich in the high rises because they wanted Hudson Perrin where it was pod style. So what was yeah. it about Dietrich that you liked? You mentioned it was kind of the vibe and the culture, but can you kind of tell us a little more about that? Maybe some specifics on what contributed to the vibe of Dietrich? Yeah, I think it's just how welcoming everybody was. Like, I'm not saying Hudson Perrin wasn't, but 
when I was living there, when I would walk around, I didn't really feel welcomed. Like some of the people there, they would give me like side eyes. I mean, it's just you would I would be nice and I would just get like a side eye. I just didn't feel comfortable there. So I went to Dietrich and everybody was just so nice. They just started talking to me and I'm like, oh, you're talking to me. Okay, I'll talk to you. <laughs> and just I got to meet the sixth floor RA who is my RA now. And she was talking about it, and that's pretty much what sold me on the idea. Because, I mean, I just, all a lot of international students live there. And I'm like, well, this is a great way to meet more people. And a couple of my friends live there. I mean, a lot of my international friends, most of the Japanese and Nepali, they lived in South. So we would kind of just go back and forth from South to Dietrich every night <laughs> just to talk to them and stuff. But just, I think it's just the community of Dietrich, how welcoming everybody is. If you, like, have an issue, like, recently this week, I, I mean, I've had a rough week, but I was able to talk to somebody about it, like, one of the RAs, and they were just totally fine, and they listened. Whereas, like, Hudson Parent, I feel like, for me personally, I wasn't really comfortable talking with the RAs, but that might be because that might be on me, like, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Like, I could have talked to them, but I chose not to. So, but so that could be on me but I just like the community aspect of Dietrich more it feels more yeah it feels more welcoming <laughs> I think too and maybe part of that is just it's as a first semester freshman I mean things are all new and kind of overwhelming and yeah. it takes a little bit of time to find your place kind of on campus right mm -hmm. and once yeah. you do that and you feel like okay I feel comfortable here like I I know these are my friends Sometimes when you feel like you've chosen to be in that group, it's so much easier to then, right, feel like you belong and feel like yeah. you're in the right spot. Because, like, I've tried to make a couple friends with people in HP, but, like, it never really, you know, we would talk one day and, like, I didn't exist the next day. So, like, I was like, meh, <laughs> not my thing, not my thing, but everyone has their own, you know, their own little uh, vibe that they like or pizzazz that they like in certain buildings. To each his own. <laughs> are you interested in studying abroad? I mean, are do you think you'll be able to study abroad? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think senior year is when I want to do it. I real I would love to go to South Korea for my study abroad. That is, like, my goal right now. <laughs> I really, really want to do that. Or, like, go to Korea some summer, some sometime during summer break, either next year or the year after with my partner so we can he can show me around and I get to see what it's like there. One of the things we always ask CAs when we have them on is advice for other students, maybe other freshmen who are starting out or students who are going to be freshmen next fall. Well, you've been through it. You've been successful for the last <laughs> semester and a half. So what advice do you have for maybe the folks coming behind you? I would say like, you know, first coming into like a university is really daunting, very daunting for anybody, even if you're like the bravest person. Like I would say... What helped me was going to organization fair. Like at first I was like, oh, I'm not really going to join anything because I just want to get freshman semester done, make sure I don't like have a whole bunch of homework due, but go to the organizations fair. You might find something you're interested in and you might meet a group of people that you're not going to forget, like your lifelong friends. Like I consider my friend group my lifelong friends. They always listen to you when you have issues, like just organization fair, do it, go there. <laughs> I, I feel like that would be a shame to miss out on. And if you can, talk to your RAs, get to know them better, because you might find different RAs from different buildings. And if you find a building with the vibe more so that you like, don't be afraid to change. 
especially if it's going to benefit you. If you have a roommate, I wouldn't worry about the roommate says. Just explain to your roommate if you want to change buildings. Just be like, hey, I want to change. It's just I like the vibe of this building more. Just, you know, if if you have a roommate situation like I did where I, I just like, hey, I'm going to move to this building. It's just, you know, we're still chill. I just need I just like this building better. But honestly, do what's best for you building wise and friendship wise. Just use the organization fair. Very wise. That's a very wise <laughs> advice. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that maybe we've seen kind of students like you who are young and coming up, right? So how old were you whenever COVID hit? You were freshman in high school? Well, how many years ago was COVID? I have no idea. Three at this point. Three. Yeah. Three? Sophomore Three. In high school? I'm 19 right now. Yeah. So you're like a sophomore. Sophomore or junior, one of the two. Has that affected your your sense of like what it means to go to college? I'm probably going to say an unpopular opinion, but no, it really hasn't. Me personally, I didn't really let it get it get it to me. I just, I was like, yeah, this is inconvenient. Oh, well. This <laughs> <laughs> is something I'm going to have to deal with. I mean, mm-hmm. the way I was raised pretty much is just you got to push through it, even though it, it might be inconvenient, but... You push through it, you'll you'll get there. It'll be fine. I'm just I just didn't let that deter me from my goal. Cuz mm-hmm. if I let that deter me from my goal, then I felt like, well, that's kind of a stinky attitude for me to have. I it kind of just like if that deterred me from my goal, then I guess it, I don't know. I would be disappointed in myself that I let that affect me as much as it could have. But I was just like, "Meh, it'll pass. We'll live. I'll be fine." I guess I I ask that question because when we talk to employers, I mean, they're always getting fresh college students who are graduating and moving out into the workforce, right? Yeah. And so as students kind of come into college, we kind of see the different ways that they've been affected either by COVID or by technology or by the opportunity to work remotely. And so I'm always interested in kind of student perspectives on what it means, like, what is a good workplace scenario for, you know, what are you looking for when you graduate from college in a work position, in a in a job? I just, I want a friendly atmosphere, a chill atmosphere, or just like something where I'm going to be able to have my students enjoy what they're learning. Because that's kind of the whole goal for me. If I go to South Korea, I want the students there to enjoy what they're learning, have fun, feel free to talk to me if they have any issues. And because yeah, I mean, like, that's what a teacher's there for, not only to teach, but to like build trust with their students. So that way they don't like if the students going through something, they don't feel alone because like you can give the student the best advice. But ultimately, in the end, it's pretty much up to the student whether or not they take it <laughs> kind of like anything like. Travis could give me some awesome advice for like a resume cover or like, you know, fixing a resume. And it's ultimately ultimately up to me to decide whether I use it. It would be unwise not to use his wisdom since he has more experience than me, but I would heed any advice that he would give me to help. So like I would take advice from the teachers that have been there longer than me, be like, okay, how does it really generally work here? Do you have any advice? And, you know, stuff like that. So students so teachers aren't like afraid to like give me advice if I need it. Awesome. Yeah. You're wise beyond your years for sure. So <laughs> I don't know about that. Travis <laughs> says that because you said you would take his advice. Well, hey, that, that doesn't hurt. So <laughs> thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. And yeah. we're so glad to have you on the staff and excited to see how you grow and what you become over your time as a CA and time as a student here at Northwest. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much.
Yeah. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, that will do it for another episode of Behind the Bearcat, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>